Devin Sheridan. And I'm Bailey Cummings. And this is You Know Nothing. The podcast where two people with useless degrees drink and talk about things we know nothing about. This week's episode, Genitalia. Hi, Devin. Hi, Bailey. How have you been over the past week? I've been working hard. Just running around. Same. Cleaning my room. Trying to make the big bucks. No need to brag. Okay, well, it's a touchy subject, I guess. Yeah, it is a ch- touchy, a touch, a touchy subject. Sorry that I'm a working actor. Okay, shut up. <laughs> I hate it when you say that. Okay, well, let's move on, shall we? Okay, so something we didn't do last week with our podcast was talk about why we're doing this podcast and what this podcast is. So, let's talk about it. Yeah, for me. The idea behind this podcast is I just love finding shit out. I love knowing useless facts. I love being able to spout off those useless facts. Trivia, if you will. Trivia. But it's also, there's something nice about just falling into researching something and learning something that you may never need in your life ever again or something that may make your life worse, but just being able to find out new information on the world. Going down that internet rabbit hole. Internet, a Google hole, if you will. The Google hole. Yes. <laughs> so this week's episode is on genitalia. Wait, hold on. I didn't talk about why I want to. Why do you want to do this podcast? <laughs> I'm doing this podcast because I really enjoy watching Devin research things, and I love watching her reaction to the things that she finds out. So now we just decided we were going to do this Live and on the air for all you guys who listen. All two of you, maybe, hopefully. Please, yeah. please listen. But the two of you very loyal listeners, Devin and Bailey, thank you so much <laughs> for all the dedication you've put into this podcast, listening to it. We appreciate it so much. So, um, Devin, from last week, you had a, a correction, right, from our last episode? Know, well, you, not a correction, really. It's more well, of like a I forgot clarification. To add so, Dee Dee was killed in Greene County, Missouri, and that's pretty much where all of the, this happened, was in Missouri. And this is, for those of you who haven't heard our previous episode, the Devin is talking about the uh, murder case that she kind of tributed on our last episode. Yeah, Munchausen to, by proxy. Yeah. Dee Dee Blanchard. It was very sad, and it was also very fucked up. It's fucked. Isn't that fun? Yeah. But hey... Now we know where it happened, so... Yeah, I mean, that was my correction, because you embarrassed me, because I didn't know. I didn't embarrass you, I was just curious. So we promised that we would deliver on that location, and we just did, so here yeah. we go. what are your corrections? Um, you know, I think I had one, and I forgot what it was. So that's not a correction. So, it'll come in due time. <laughs> Behind this episode, genitalia, was kind of the idea that... Bailey has standard male genitalia. I have standard female genitalia. And this is just disclaimer at the beginning. Having a vagina does not make you a woman. Woman having a penis does not make you a man. Ain't that the truth? There are many different variations to the anatomy of this, but we're just going off of like, if you Google vagina on the internet, the facts that you find out. Or penis. Or penis. And boy, did we do that. Um, 
Do you want to go first this week, Devin? Yeah, I'll go first this week. I think I think we went in very different directions with our research this week. Definitely. I mean, I had to cut myself off. Oh, you have off. pictures. Look at that. I have one picture. Okay. <laughs> just for you. Just for your learning. Uh, okay, yeah. Should we also... I, I think I should preface this. Um, for those of our listeners that are not my good friends, I, um, I'm what you would call a platinum gay. In that, not only have I never had sex with a woman... I have also, I was, I hope my mom doesn't mind me sharing this. I was born by C-section, so I've actually never had physical contact with a vagina in my lifetime. Have you ever seen one? Yes. It's a different story for a different time. Uh, our friend Michaela is probably laughing her ass off right now listening to this. I think you just told everyone whose vagina you would see. I totally did. <laughs> it's not a secret. <laughs> if she wants me to cut that out, I will. Okay. <laughs> on approval of Michaela, you will hear that. <laughs> so, anyway. yeah, and for me, I am a plain old heterosexual woman who has had minimal experience with male sex organs, just out of pure boringness. Meaning, like, I'm penises picky. are boring? I'm or picky. You're, okay, you're okay. I'm picky. That is fair. I'm also picky. But I've had Be my... picky. You're young. You have your life to live. Yeah, you know. I obviously have female genitals, which everyone knows is pretty much called the vagina, even though the vagina is just a portion of what we're talking about. But if you were to give a name to... <coughs> Hi, cat. Speaking of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Go away. Anyway. Meow. So if you're, we're just going to refer to it as the vagina, even though that's not the whole thing. So first we're going to break it down into parts before we get into more fun facts. I was going to give you a quiz on this, but then I decided not to because I thought it would be hard for visual representation. No, I mean, for a podcast, I don't think that's really yeah. the best. Here, yeah. you can hold the diagram while I explain to you what things are. Oh, yeah, that's that's it. So you have the oh, vulva. Look, there's a butthole in there. Well, because it is a part of the female anatomy. I mean, it's part of the male anatomy, too. It's pretty universal. Great. I just was not expecting to see that on the diagram of the vagina. It's usually included. Already learning things. Okay. So, <laughs> what you're looking at is the vulva, which is pretty much the all the external parts, the parts that usually is referred to as the vagina. So, just everything you can okay. see from the outside. Okay, everything you can see without... Doing like a gynecological examination. Yeah. Gotcha. So on top you have the, I don't think that's on there, but you have the mons pubis, which is the outer part, basically the part that gives you a camel toe. And that, oh. Yeah. That's fun. It grows okay. hair and it protrudes outward. Haley, you show, can talk. In the show uh, Big Mouth, they talk about rubbing mons. Remember that part? Where she said she touched her mons. It's like the cushion. Yeah, the cushion. Ah, Thank you, Haley. This is Haley, (laughs) Bailey's roommate. She didn't make it into the last episode, even though she was present. (laughs) Then you have the labia majora, which is the outer lips. The outer portion where pubic hair also grows here. And it is kind of protection for the little ear guys. The what? Sorry? It's protection for everything that is between. Gotcha. So it's almost like, pubic hair is almost like, like, 
nose hairs in that, like, it almost... Oh, for sure. It's like, okay, that's kind of cool, actually. I never thought about it that way, but it just kind of came into my mind. Oh, yeah. Pubic hair is um, made to protect against friction, sexually transmitted diseases. Like, it keeps things clean. Next, we have the, the labia minor, which are the inner lips. And it's the sec- second layer of protection for the internal structures. These have oil glands that provide lubrication. Mm. They are often not symmetrical. They are often not smooth and may vary a ton from person to person. Interesting. Okay. This is usually what makes women the most uncomfortable about the look of their vagina. Because they are so That's varying. right. That's, that's like a whole thing that I actually, that I am quite aware of. Yeah. A lot of women don't know how to, are insecure about their own vagina because all of the references that they have to see of other people's vaginas are vastly different from their own. Well, and there are plenty of different kinds of surgery that are focused on this portion of the vagina to... Like cosmetic surgery? Cosmetic surgery to create what is viewed as the perfect vagina. That's very interesting. It is. Then this is where we get to the the mythical... Hi, Kat. Here's where we get to the more mythical side. We get to the clitoris and the clitoral hood. Which, for some reason, nobody can find. Well, okay, so here, okay, let me, can I, like, talk about, like, what I know about the clitoris? Yes, for sure. It is the only organ that really exists solely for the purpose of pleasure. Pretty much it. Which is so interesting. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So so if you look at your diagram so that you can find it, the clitoris. I see it. Yeah, you see it. There it is. Look at it. It is like a, a little nub. Yeah, it's a little nub of skin at the top of your of the external area of your vagina. It has a little hood over it to protect it. When you become oh. aroused, the hood kind of slips off to make it easier to access. Oh, really? Yeah. That is news to me. And there are 8,000 nerve endings compared to how many are in a penis, which is 4,000. So this interesting. is pretty action-packed little guy. Well, I, and I will say the interesting thing about this is, and I'll get to this later in my presentation is, is that in early fetal development, when it is the development of your sexual organs occurs, the same tissues that make up the clitoris are the same tissues that make up the head of the penis, mm-hmm. which has a scientific name that I'll get to in my notes a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. And then you have, under the clitoris, you have the urethra, which is the small opening, which urine comes out of. I have a story about this, too. You do? Yeah. I, many, I hate to keep interrupting Is it you. a how many holes story? Yes, it is. Is that a thing? I was expecting it from you. Does everybody have, like, does every guy have one of those stories? I feel it's pretty common. I Especially for gay guys, because they haven't gone down there and experienced how many That holes. is true. So what's your story? Well, my story is, is I was, I was, this was freshman year of college, which, as you all know, we just graduated, so this was about four years ago. I was sitting in the dining hall with my two very good friends, Madeline and Michaela. Shout out to those guys. And we were having dinner, and we were talking about sex because two of us were still virgins. I'm not going to say which two, but I was one of them. And so that's what you do when you are, you know, that age. You just talk about sex constantly. Even if you're not a virgin, you talk about sex constantly. Um, And 
they started talking about the anatomy of the vagina and we're talking about how there are three holes down there and I was like, whoa, what? And I was raked over the coals for so long. Like, I would say a good 25 minutes of them just saying, you don't know how many holes there are down there. And I'm like, I don't know. Platinum gay. Well, you already discounted the anus in this diagram, so maybe you still haven't learned. That's true, because when I when I think about my own anatomy, I don't think of the anus as part of my reproductive organ, because they're not as close. Yeah. Physically. There's, well, there's yeah. a very specific, like, part of your body that is meant to separate those two things. Well, separating the vaginal opening and the anus is the per- perineum. Perineum? So, and it's, I feel yeah, like it's, it's actually, a shorter it's, distance. It's a, it's called the same thing on a, on a yeah, man. Yeah, because it's the same. And I will say this, you know, as a gay gentleman, I would never discount the anus as a sexual part of the body, but it's technically not a sexual organ. Yeah. Well, and funnily enough, this is often mistaken for the clitoris, is the urethra. Interesting. But that doesn't really do anything for most women. And isn't, well, aren't they like, aren't they physically opposite in structure? Because the one is outward and one yeah, like the urethra as a whole, and the clitoris is a nub. So, for lack of a better word, a nub. A nub. That's what everybody calls it. A nub. Really? Well, yeah, kind of the shape of it. Well, and moving on with the structure, we have the vestibule, which is below the urethra. I love that. And this is what is considered the vaginal opening. This has many different color variations. That's very important because everybody is quite different. And if you're healthy, no vagina is, is a wrong vagina. That's great. That's that's like, you should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> no vagina is a wrong vagina. That's a great graphic tea saying. Just love your vagina. Yeah, love your vagina, everybody. <laughs> Unless, you know, you don't have one. And if you don't have one, that's okay. If you want one, if you and you're going to get one, guess what? Go get You one. can have one. <laughs> now we have something fun, which is the internal clitoris. This is a... Keep, okay, keep talking. This is a so. relatively recent anatomical discovery, which is a wishbone-shaped structure extending down the sides under your labia majora. So it's under the skin, but it's down the sides of the vagina. So, like, say this like is... Here. So it's like this. Oh, I see. Like this. Like Yeah. It's a lot And for my golden and platinum gaze out there, just look it up. Google. <laughs> it's your friend. Yeah. Great. Okay. Now we have the vagina, which is Ooh. the birth canal. And, really? Mm-hmm. That's what's actually called the vagina. And something interesting, when you're not actively giving birth or aroused, it's closed. The muscles contract together, and it is a closed structure. Huh. It does not remain open throughout your daily life and activity. And the sides of it... Can I ask a question? Yes. So, in menstruation, 
would that canal open? No, because you don't need a lot of, of room for... Um, it's closed. It's not completely closed like a door. It's The muscles are at rest. The muscles rest. Are, contra- are at rest. Yeah. Contract, like in a contracted... Okay, I understand. Uh-huh. I guess, so I guess at rest wouldn't be contracted, but they're at rest they are close. Yes. I understand. And it is... Yeah. <coughs> and it is often... Ah, dilation. I understand. Dilation. And it is often ridged or bumpy to the touch. This is awesome. Heck, the I'm learning so much. Yeah. I think our listeners will enjoy that. Yeah. Bailey's going to learn about the vagina. The vahin. The vahin. The hoo-ha. I'm going to take this the back. The hoo <laughs> The Jose. <laughs> Zikiti. Do you have a list? <laughs> no, I was going to. That would have been fun. Well, no, it's hell. It, the thing is, a lot of the titles that are given to the vagina are actually quite offensive they're to my boring. sensibility. Because they're just all, I'll get to this later, but they're all about being weak used by a penis. Pretty much. All right. Not a pleasant. Mm-hmm. Let's anyway. Continuing, we have the cervix, the friend of ours. Ah, uh, yes, the cervix. And this pretty much stays closed unless you're ready to give birth. And so it, the cervix is an opening? It opens when you are dilating for giving birth. Okay. I have an interest, I have a question then. Mm-hmm. Because in my research, when I was looking up the, I guess I'll go into this now briefly. Mm-hmm. Basically, the human penis has developed in the way that it has because it is optimal for impregnating mm-hmm. a female person. Yeah. So natural selection, that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So in in the research that I was doing, it said like the average penis size is perfect for almost touching the cervix. Almost. Is that, that's accurate then? I mean, I wouldn't know about penises, but I would say it would probably get near to the parent. Sperm can so, get through the cervix. So I would like to, I guess what the I want to understand way, is, um, what is the purpose of the cervix? The cervix is to basically separate your growing baby parts and the rest of it. So basically, <laughs> the cervix is like the door between yeah. the vagina and the uterus. It's often described as a closed fist. It does allow okay. menstrual blood and sperm to get through. And this is what you scrape for a pap smear. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, apparently some women receive an orgasm from having this touched, whereas a lot of women, this is very uncomfortable for them because it, well. it's quite sensitive. <laughs> okay, then we get up to the uterus. This is where the baby lives if you choose and can have one. And that your period is caused, which period is a whole nother podcast. I chose not to get into menstruation. Okay, well then that's a podcast that we are definitely going to have. I would love to. Because I am so interested in it. Okay, so put a pin in it and we'll do that. So period is caused by the lining of the uterus, like the baby's house, is shed every 28 days or so when you're not pregnant because you get rid of all the lining that would house the baby. Okay, I, I actually do understand that. Yeah. And it is located deep in your lower abdomen, so you can't access it through the 
Like, you can't, like, just, like, be like, oh, hey, how you yeah. doing, uterus? Yeah. Like, if you're, you like, looking at the vagina. You can't get to it as yeah. easily. Then we have the fallopian tubes and the ovaries. The ovaries release an egg once a month, which moves down to the fallopian tubes and the uterus, which I'll explain much more when we get to the episode about pregnancy, which is also, we're going to put a pin in it. But, okay. <laughs> Next, we're getting to a big topic that I am interested in, which is the hymen. Yes, 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 because I have no fucking clue what this thing is. Okay. So, contrary to popular belief, the, the hymen does not cover the vaginal opening. It is a thin piece of tissue, usually at the bottom of the vaginal opening. It varies greatly in shape and size. And it is usually a very stretchy kind of material. So then my question is, how is this piece of tissue oriented in terms of the vagina? So make a, make a little make vaginal a, make, opening. Make a vagina. Okay, Here. so it's like almost like a little like... It's like a screen. Like a little screen, but it doesn't cover the whole thing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Though for some people it does cover the whole thing. And they have to get surgery. It varies in shape. To this is called an unperforated hymen, and it does not allow discharge or menstruation to pass. So you have to oh. have it surgically snipped. Interesting. Yeah. So what is thought of as like the perfect like virginal hymen is actually a medical issue that you need to get fixed. Okay. Can we talk about the mythology of the hymen? Because, I, oh, I mean, I've oh, yes. heard, again, platinum gay. So, I've never experienced or understood the concept of popping the cherry, as they say. Well, for the one thing, they're not sure why it's there. It doesn't really do anything. And it might be just skin left over from the formation of the vagina. Like a little bit of extra skin that... Okay. Is not used in the formation. Something that could be used in development for, like, a minor purpose. Yeah, it's just not used. And it is, a lot of cultures, especially in former time periods, obsess over this and consider it the sign that a woman is faithful or that she is virtuous is an untorn hymen. Right, okay. Which sucks because your hymen can be torn... In situations like exercise, biking, horseback riding. Masturbation. I mean, yeah, for sure. It can also be stretched and not torn and just pushed aside. So it's So there could be women in this world that still have their hymens that are quite sexually active. For sure. It's just, it's not a good sign of seeing if someone's a virgin. But in history, there have been, I mean... All over the world, there's been instances of young brides that were found to have a separated hymen. And, I mean, some of them have been submitted to public humiliation, torture, and sometimes death based on what society they're a part of. So it is, it can affect your status, is this piece of skin that you have no control over. Hmm. In Syria, you can buy a black market fake hymen to use. But they're often banned because they're considered immoral. You cannot tell virginity through the hymen. But, I mean, on a good side, you can often tell 
you can often find evidence of sexual assault through it. Because te sexual assaults tend to be more violent and... Therefore, more likely to... Rip a hymen. Understandable. Some women don't even notice it's torn. Most women don't notice it's torn. It can often just be thinking that you're spotting. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Like, I don't know if this is indecent to ask, but, like, the blood. For sure. So, often, if you rip it in an activity, you might not even notice. But for sex, it is actually common to not bleed during your first time having sex if you do it correctly. But let's face it, how many men do actually know how well, to have 43... correct sex with a yeah, vagina? That's true. Especially if they're, you know, having sex for the first time with their... Well, that's what education could do. So, get educated. Anyway, 43% of women bleed during first vaginal intercourse. Often bleeding has actually nothing to do with the hymen. It's from tense vaginal muscles, inadequate lubrication, and rushed entry or vaginal abrasions. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say that the first time I had sex, I definitely did bleed because I didn't know what I was doing. And my partner had had a previous partner before, but like still you don't really know the pace of your partner or, you know, we didn't take it very slowly or we didn't use lubrication. So it was just all those steps that you could have taken. And even now, after having had, had sex for like, you know, multiple years, like I've, I've done it plenty of times, there were still times in my long-term relationship where I would end up like hurting myself almost because, you know, you're going too fast and you're not using the appropriate lubrication and you bleed. So the fact that that is associated with breaking the hymen or ripping it, like it's, it's true, that's what you're doing, but it has nothing to do with like your purity and your virginity. It's just a basic human function and you just need to follow the steps to make it comfortable for both of you. And communication is definitely key to that because it hurts. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> so let's just say, do some quick Googling before you <laughs> jump in. Also, lube, 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 yeah. lube, lube. It's, mm -hmm. I will say this, again, as a gay man, mm -hmm. when the part of the body that you are having sex with does not naturally lubricate itself, mm -hmm. it is very necessary mm -hmm. for both parties yeah. involved. Well, and even sometimes our lady friend does not produce enough lubrication herself and yeah. you need to use some more and, and i'm sure that's like an do... entirely like personal thing yeah it has yeah. nothing to do with how attracted you are to your partner or how much you're enjoying it it sometimes it just happens you just like freeze up and it's perfectly fine but then you can pull in some assistant pull in some mm -hmm. like bench players and <laughs> have them contribute to the game so it's a good thing to have yeah highly recommend <laughs> want to know a shitty fact Love to hear a shitty fact. The word vagina is Latin for the term sheath, which sucks. Oh, like a... Like a sheath for a sword. Oh, I don't like that. So that's what a vagina is for, is to put a penis in To put a in penis it. in. I don't like that. Which is funny, because I feel like that just brings to image the kind of like life where you would always be inside your partner 
just walking around, and then when you had to fight, you would withdraw. Oh my goodness. Cut that out. No, that's funny. <laughs> also, the vagina can expand 200% during sex or while childbirth. I was, I was going to say childbirth would, what is what I would think. Sometimes it's not enough, but it tries. Well, that's why C-sections are a thing. True. Because some very tiny women with tiny birth canals have well, giant actually, babies. that brings to something. There's actually almost no variation in birth canal size. It's all about pelvic size. Interesting. So your birth canal does a pretty good job of making room. But you, if you have small hips. But it, your baby might not make it through the bones. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, C-sections have gotten pretty... That's why, that's why you hear the word, like... That's why you hear the word birthing hips. Yeah, because it... If you have wide hips, they Literally, how hips. big your pelvis is. I mean, I was born with birthing hips, so I'm not worried. Same. Don't worry about it, Bailey. I, I was never worried about it, but I was born with birthing hips. Well, now we're on to what is, I'm sure, everyone's favorite topic, which is the female orgasm. Females have orgasms? I know, it's shocking. It's a recent discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Scientists thought it might be a myth before. Is that true? No. But no. I mean, it's pretty, in history, it doesn't take up a lot of history. Let's say that. Good to know. Yeah. So 30% of women have trouble reaching orgasm. And 80% have tr difficulty reaching orgasm from just vaginal intercourse. So they need a little clitoral stimulation or something. Clitoral like that. or something along those lines clitoral. is different for every woman. But mostly <laughs> clitoral stimulation, because that's where the, the party is. <laughs> 8,000 nerve endings. Yeah, it's a lot. It's more than double than the penis. <laughs> Just gonna say it again. Yeah. It's true. There's actually such a thing as female sexual dysfunction, which is the inability to orgasm, and this may affect as much as 43% of women. Huh. And the research on this is in its infancy, and they, have, they haven't quite figured out how to treat this solidly yet, but it can possibly be caused by... A ton of medical issues like thyroid disease or depression or diabetes. So basically, if something in your body is off, then you're going to have difficulties in other areas. Interesting. Okay. Um, hey, Devin, can I interrupt you? Yes. Okay, I just have a thought. Uh-huh. Because I know that you and I kind of both went over not only the scientific aspect of what these organs are, but also... The cultural mythology behind it. Yes. Can I propose that we do a part two? Part for this two. In order to keep this episode at bay lengthwise. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. Did you notice how we just did that in sync? Yes. Because <laughs> I just I know that you know you're probably only halfway through your notes, and if I if I go through all of my notes and discuss, I think it's gonna be a long, long podcast. Alright, that's fine. So, tune in next week for the mythology of 
the vagina and the penis. And context and history, which is my favorite. Yes. Anyway, continue with, yeah. with finishing. Go ahead. Yeah. Most women will find orgasming difficult when they're stressed, tired, nervous, feeling anxiety, or, like, stressed about their per- their sexual performance. And also if they are not confident with the look of their vagina. It puts your brain on high alert, which does not allow for your body to become as relaxed as is needed to orgasm properly. Mm -hmm. That is something that even I can understand. Yeah, it's true. And foreplay is pretty necessary for a vagina because in... Studies, it is said that vaginas take about 20 minutes to fully become aroused. Wow. And that's different kinds of foreplay, like whatever floats your boat. It doesn't have to be stimulation, but it has to be along the lines of becoming aroused. That's very interesting to me. Just because it's something I've never experienced, I think. Mm -hmm. Because I can have... My mom's going to listen to this, so sorry, mother. You can cut it. (laughs) No, I'm not going to. But I can, you know, I can have sex with someone, and it's almost like when there are two men involved, we can determine how long it's going to last before it happens. Mm. Because you can control with speed and, you know, all of that, in roughness or Mm -hmm. whatever. You can control how quickly you reach that point. Mm. To an extent. To an extent, I'm sure. I don't want to, if there's someone listening to this podcast that does struggle with that, I'm sorry, but in my experience, well, everyone struggles with, you know, if I, if I tell a gentleman caller that, you know, this has to be a quickie because of time constraints, we can get it done in a decent amount of time, which, and if, and if we have the time, we can do it for a while. And women can have quickies, but they, it just has a lesser chance of orgasm. Right. It's just the the probability. It, that's that's the whole thing that I'm kinda of saying is Yeah, totally like I can I can have a quickie with another gentleman and both of us will finish. Yeah. Like that may not happen for most women. Fun fact, women are more likely to orgasm when their partners are attractive, wealthy, and confident. Shocker. Which I feel is pretty universal. I love that wealthy is included in that. Yeah. I think it's just gives a better sensation. It would it's for a me. Rich penis. Gosh, well, you know. Most report long penises do not change pleasure, but as I said before, some women can orgasm through cervical stimulation, and thus they prefer a longer one. Well, and we will talk about that when I get to my stuff as well. Oh, so wonderful. We'll talk about average size versus abnormally large size versus. Small size. Oh. It's, I mean, when you talk about penises, that's... You have to talk about size. You have to talk about size, because size does and does not matter. Yeah. But mostly does not matter. Interesting. Vaginas do not actually vary that much in size, despite public opinion. Hmm. Yeah. Most women do not have great levels of roominess or looseness. It's just... The ease of penetration happens more when you have more sexual intercourse. Interesting. Because it's a a relaxation of a muscle. Relaxation of a muscle and, like, training a muscle. Yeah. 
It's a muscle memory. Something fun that women women are kind of famous for is the multiple orgasms. Because there's no refractory period after like there are for men. Yes. Yeah? Oh, some. You don't have to grow or... Yeah, that is something I'm quite familiar with. Uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it later. The record for a woman is 134 orgasms in an hour. <coughs> Same. <laughs> what? It's pretty impressive. Well, okay, but is this? This is. I don't. I don't know how. Okay. This isn't trying. This is trying to break the record. Okay, let me. So sh- this woman who broke this record was having sex constantly in that hour. I think she was doing it by herself. Because that's how or, you Okay, get it. that's actually true, probably. that's. I think if you're trying to break a record, you're doing it fairly by yourself. I mean, in this case, I guess, yes. Mm-hmm. My question is, there was no chance that this woman suffered from some sort of... Some sort of... I don't know. Yeah. But I think that's cheating. Because I think that a I would medical that condition is Because not- I'm just going to say... And this may not have any medical basis whatsoever, but I used to be a really big fan of Grey's Anatomy, and I distinctly remember an episode with a woman who had this chronic orgasm syndrome. Yeah, where it's she just would, real. She was constantly having orgasms. It's not it was just preventing Grey's her Anatomy. From doing work, you know, it was preventing her from going to work, doing her day job, from taking care of her kids. It was this whole thing. It was actually a really good episode. It's a, it's a real, that's a real affliction, and it's rather debilitating. I don't think that this is what it was. I think this was in a, a measurable setting where a woman broke the record on purpose. Where she just sat down with a monitor and was like, okay, let's see how many times I can do this. And it was like, yeah, uh, one, uh, two, uh, three for an hour. Yeah, that's a lot. Do you want to know? That's honestly, that's less than an orgasm a minute. Yeah. Well, do you know what want to know what the record for men is in an hour? Yes. 16. So it's a little lower. I mean, coming from exper- having experienced the male orgasm, I will say yes. <laughs> you need a break. Like men. I'm going to say, I think I do have an abnormally high sex drive, but could not reach, what is it, 134 in an hour? No. Well, could you reach 16 in an hour? I could probably do 16. Bet. Taken. All right. Find me a gentleman. Do it by yourself. I don't know if it'd be as easy. Okay. Onward. And upward. <laughs> like men... Think about the sexual connotation yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Like men, a lot of women have wet dreams where they orgasm in their sleep. Ah, uh, Yes. of women report orgasms while exercising. And women can also reach premature orgasms like men. Orgasms can relieve pain due to the release of oxytonin, which facilitates bonding, relaxation, and other positive emotions. So a lot of times if you have a headache, pull out your vibrator and you're good. Great. Do most women own a vibrator? I hope they do. I don't know the studies on that, but I think, yes, they should. I think, I mean, would you be willing to disclose whether or not you do? Yes, I have one. Good. That's, I know Haley does. Yeah, I showed it to you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's good. I think most women should. Especially My recommendation for that is always buy the more expensive one. It'll last you longer and do you better. Yeah. Just spend the extra spend the extra dollars. Yeah. I mean, I've never experienced the female orgasm, but based on what you've told me so far this evening, I, I believe that every woman should have one of those, considering how difficult it is. If you physically can, you go for it. Sex toys. Often. Oh, we're totally going to do an and episode on sex toys. men's sex toys, too. Men's the sex toys. The often forgotten sex toys. Men's sex toys All the sex are toys. fascinating. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the longest podcast. And historical, <laughs> historical tech sex toys. Mm, that's ooh, the fun. Ooh, I'm going to need to pee out your mind. Okay. okay. I'm also going to need to pee. Brief anyway. Searched. Do, do women have a prostate? 
Women do not have a prostate in yeah. the same way as men. They do, so, however, have scheme glands, often called the female prostate, which have many similarities to the prostate. Okay, that's interesting to me. Yeah. So that well, is that's why women don't get prostate cancer. Well, okay, that's something I actually never thought of. So, something great is that orgasms get better with age. So, as you get huh. into your golden years, you get better orgasms. Only 64% of women report having an orgasm the last time they had sex. 64? 64. So, that's some unsatisfied women. And whereas with men, surprisingly, it's 85. So... That's honestly lower than I thought. Yeah, for sure. That's what I thought. 85% of men. I've never had sex where I didn't have an orgasm. I feel that's fairly common for men. Good for you. <laughs> I mean, that's a very, like, toxic masculine thing to say. But, I mean, it's true. And that's basically just because it's not that hard for me to finish. And... Also, I've had, like, a slew of very good partners who were always concerned with making sure that we were both finished before we ended. Maybe you're just easy. <laughs> Women. <laughs> <laughs> Recent studies have shown that women tend to want sex just as much as men. So all those myths about, like, men needing sex so much more than women are probably not true. Okay. Yeah, and one of the reasons for this orgasm gap is probably because the history of women's sexuality not being as important as that of men, and also the most important part of sex being penetration, which does not always work for a woman when it comes to orgasm, and with the fact of a man's ejaculation being the end of sex. Especially with oral sex being fairly controversial until recent years. Which is mm. what does it for a lot of women. Men giving oral sex to a woman? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Because it's very clitoral focused. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, oral yeah. sex for me is... Always been great. Always been great. So it's thought that possibly some of the reasons for female orgasm are to help them distinguish a good life partner based on who's the best at sex. Also, and more likely, a female orgasm is helps to push the semen through the vagina up to the egg. So it is it facilitates getting pregnant more easily. Which uh. is why, because of the contraction. Ah, yes, 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 I understand. And also, my final bit. Oh, no, not my final bit, because I, I have a little <laughs> bit more. I have just a little bit more, I saw it. You know, squirting? Yeah, I'm familiar. Probably just pee. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> They've done studies recently testing the fluid that is considered squirting, that's probably just pee. What an interesting test to conduct in a laboratory. <laughs> well, it's, it's fascinating to men because it is considered the female ejaculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you, it's probably usually when a woman is getting, is having a, I mean, when a woman is having a good time, sometimes she just lets it go. And it, 
And it's just pee. And it's just pee. That's funny. <laughs> so, vaginas are so... So, men. So, men. Hop off the whole squirt thing. I mean, if it is a sign of having a good time. If you lose control of your faculties. I mean, and also some people love piss play. So Yeah, I mean, like, if it works for you, go for it. As long as, but your, it's par- not as, long different- as your partner is yeah. consensually willing. But it is not a separate bodily fluid. It's just a regular known bodily fluid that we're all familiar with. Yep. Anyway, vaginas are self-cleaning. Yeah, but <laughs> this this we all know. Yeah, the most you need to do is to gently wash the outside with um, non-scented soap and pat it dry. So douching is not a thing that you want to do. No, the vagina has a low pH level, and it contains helpful bacteria that actually are greatly disturbed by vaginal cleaning products. They're they're made to be self-sufficient, and when you mess with that, it does not work out well. You can get infections. And it's also kind of, I feel like it would be kind of like that thing of if you like over, if you over apply chopstick, then you're. No such thing. What? Just say, <laughs> I apply chopstick all the time and I never over apply. <laughs> anyway, continuing. Well, the thing is, is that they say that if you over apply chopstick, then your lips actually lose the ability to provide moisture to themselves. That would make sense. So it might also be the same thing. Like, if you douche too often, mm-hmm. well, your vagina, then... I think it was... Your vagina loses its ability to... There was, like, control over... Control its own pH. I think there was over a dozen types of helpful bacteria inside the vagina, and cleaning products kill those bacteria, and, yeah. that's, and what they do is they keep your vagina healthy. And also, to end with, your vagina can fall out. It's called. I'm white again. <laughs> <laughs> Devin's really good at finding those facts that just make me like just stop. Oh, there's my a tracks. lot of them, and I'm skipping a lot because we're doing it in the next episode. Great. Okay. It is called pelvic prolapse, where the pelvis can't support the inner parts anymore. It can be fixed. You gotta go to a doctor to get it put back in. <laughs> but just something to know. It can fall out. So when you say, I feel like my vagina's gonna fall out, it's possible. Great. <laughs> just another thing for people to be frightened of for a hy- hypochondriac. Great, so let's end that there. Yeah, that's the vagina. For the... Most part, there's still there, the vagina is such an expansive. That's the thing. I I really did expect that in this episode is that your segment was going to be a lot longer than mine, it's for a variety a, of reasons. It's complicated. It's a a much more complicated. Well, organ, and it has a and it has multiple parts. Yeah, it has a greenhouse in it, it for baby Basically, growing, which yeah. makes which adds to complication. Plus, the complication of added like historical significance from being the um the not submitted from being the what is considered submissive the submissive sex it carries a lot of extra stuff like people not knowing about orgasms until fairly recently interesting yeah 
So, like I said, I expected your segment in this episode to be longer than mine. Mm-hmm. Plus, I do more research because I'm a better researcher than you. Wow, that was really harsh. It's true. Okay. Shall we start do talking? Do you want to review why I came over late today? Devin came over late today because I was not finished with my research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've been busy, is all I'm going to say. Okay. Hashtag working actor. <laughs> I'm gonna drink more wine now that we're on to your section. I mean, that, I'd like to say I have a very cute sleeping cat in my lap. I'm very pleased. She's trying to be cute so that I'll be nice to her tomorrow. <laughs> Which I won't be, because she's been being an absolute bitch. Anyway. Um, shall we move on to my section? Mm-hmm. Of today? Talking you got about the penis? The penis, the penis, the the dick. The, Educate me. Wang. The, oh, the wang. That's a good one. <laughs> the um, one-eyed snake. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, all of the names. There's not, there's not nearly as many names for the penis as there are the vagina. Oh, Lord. The vagina gets a... Nobody wants to say vagina, so that's why yeah, it has so many names. It's a, well, it's a weird... It's a weird it's word. taboo as fuck. I think the word vagina honestly sounds like a clothing item or something like that. Sheep. <laughs> clothing sheep. Exactly. Like, I don't know. It, it To me, it doesn't sound like a sexual organ. Really? I know it is, but... Yeah. What about the vulva? I'm just going to start calling it vulva. The vulva is a completely different thing, though, right? The vulva is the outside. There's nothing. I just taught you. Were you I, not listening? I guess I missed that part. There was a lot of information to take in anyway. I give you a diagram. <laughs> I wish I could give you a diagram because I think the penis I think the penis is more complicated than some people realize. I suspected as much. I will say this. I did expect the vagina to be more complicated than the penis in terms of well, there's explanation. There's actually some things that I left out of the vagina. I'm sure there are. There are going to be some things that I left out of the pe- that I leave out of the penis as well. Well, hum- human anatomy is not simple. It is not. And uh, going back and like talk, like learning about this via all of the articles and stuff I read on the internet brought me back to high school AP bio in a way. Cool. Which it 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 was it was interesting to say the least. My so, biology didn't learn about any sex organs. We didn't really talk about sex organs, but like yeah, to talk about like biology and cells and sexual reproduction that was a thing that i learned in ap bio we didn't learn about sexual organs in health class big problem we're broadcasting from utah right now yeah utah Utah sexual education is shit absolute shit so in the interest of time let's just move on so i've broken up my research into a couple of different sections things that i find interesting about the penis so, first thing are the parts of it. The first thing that you would t- that we will talk about is the root of the penis, which is something that I didn't know that this was called that. I had no idea it was part of my body. Uh, <laughs> I just have to say, if you have ever seen Fifty Shades of Grey, the part with the... I have not. Most people who've seen it know the part with the root, because that movie has no... has no... Um, 
male frontal nudity, but it does have some root in it, if I think, if I know what you're talking about. Okay. Just beginning is of the root. So the root is the part of the penis that's attached to the body. Yep, that's what I'm thinking of. There's some root in it. I should very much see this movie. That's disturbing. The penile root. Yeah, so it's, the root is composed of the bulb and, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, the crus or the crus, spelled C-R-U-S. I've never heard that word before. And basically, they're, they're the parts of the penis that anchor the organ to your body because it is an external organ. Yeah, it needs an anchor. And so the bulb is like is a is like a mass that kind of extends from your body to the penis itself, and then the cruce is like an anchoring mechanism on either side. Is this internal? It's internal. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Um, it's like an internal anchor. Then we talk about the body of the penis, which is the part of the penis that is external from the body. I actually found this very interesting. There's a dorsal and a ventral side of the penis. Hmm. Meaning, and that in the most biological sense, yeah. dorsal means top and bottom. Top and bottom. Yeah. Um, which is, it's interesting because... There is, like, a top structure and a bottom structure with the penis. Yeah, I mean, you can't flip it around. Uh, and... I mean, can you? What? Sorry? Can you flip it around? Not while it's a wreck. You're sure. You I mean, hard you can't flip it around. You can twist it if it's flaccid. Yuck. Don't ever attempt to do that if it's erect. Uh, then we have the epithelum. I hope I pronounced that right as well. I've heard that word before, yeah. Epithelum. So the epithelum is basically the casing around it all. It's it's the shaft skin, the foreskin, the perpetual mucosa, which is, if you think about foreskin, yeah. which we'll get to later when we talk about circumcision, mm -hmm. uh, the foreskin has the outside, which is the foreskin, and then the inside of that skin is called the perpetual mucosa. Have you heard of degloving? No. That's like, it's something, I think it's related, I've only heard it related to dogs' tails and penises. It's where, um, the skin is accidentally removed. I think it happens to penises, too. Interesting. It's bad. Okay, more on that later. There's the glands, which is what, like, which is what most people would call the head of the penis. Mm -hmm. It's that bulb-like structure on the end mm -hmm. of the shaft. Yeah. And then there's the medius, which is what most people would term the urethra, but the urethra, urethra is not actually the same thing as the medius. Oh. The medius is the hole at the end of the glands. It's the singular hole, the, the one eye of the snake, if you will. The urethra is the... is the, so hard. <laughs> the urethra is the last part of the urinary tract, mm -hmm. which is also the same pathway for which ejaculation occurs, but it's, it's that actually, it's that, it's the tube within the shaft that, that the, whatever is being yeah. uh -huh. ejected from the penis is going through. Mm -hmm. So the medius 
Or, sorry, not the medius. The metus. Yes. The metus is the actual hole. Yeah. The penis is made up of three columns of tissue that are strung together within the epithelium. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're yeah. stuck together through the epithelium. There's, oh. there's two on the dorsal side and one on the ventral side. So there's two on top and then one on bottom that kind of like holds all together. Mm-hmm. And that tube kind of exists in the middle of the three. Your face is... <laughs> I just... I thought it was all just one connected no. tube. No, 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 it's no. It's not. No, it's not. Brilliant. There's the frenum, which is where the foreskin attaches. Mm-hmm. So the foreskin goes over the glands of the penis, and then it attaches at the bottom, mm-hmm. underneath the glands, which is, if you see, you know, an image of a penis, it's... That part at the bottom where all the skin taper, this part underneath where all the skin tapers together. Mm-hmm. I loved this name. Um, the Corona. Like the beer? <laughs> it's not spelled like the beer. I don't think. I actually don't know how the beer is spelled. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, actually, I think it is spelled the same way. So, yes, like the beer. <laughs> the Corona is the round base at the bottom of the glands. So you have your the head of the penis, and at the bottom, there's, like, a rounding before it becomes the shaft. And that part is called the corona. And that's the basic structure of what the penis looks like in terms of scientific terminology. The penis, unlike the vagina, serves two purposes. And one is expelling urine from the body and also ejaculation, Mm -hmm. which we all know. I guess this isn't as complicated, and I don't think Devin's going to be as surprised about the penis as I was about the vagina. <laughs> That's fine. You win some, you lose some. You can surprise me another episode. You're right. I'm surprised, but it's not one thing. It's like a puzzle piece. Yeah. I thought that was... I mean, I guess in my own experience, I wasn't surprised to know that. Yeah. But it was kind of interesting to see it put down on paper, mm-hmm. if that made any sense, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll talk, to talk about urination, you're basically, the urethra and the metus are the last two parts of the urinary tract. When, when urine is released from the bladder, it goes there and it is expelled from the body. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Something... Anyone with a penis and probably a vagina can probably understand because it is the urethra is pretty yeah. much the same for both. We have a the same internal urethra to the bladder type situation. Yeah, I'm sure. The thing that's different, of course, is that sperm also comes out of that same place. Yeah, one hole for the whole sperm situation. or semen. What are you gonna call it? What whatever you want to call it. Um. So sperm is is. Male ejaculate. Male ejaculate. It's the fluid in... Well, okay. Semen is the fluid in which oh. sperm is contained. Sperm is is, a, is the cell that... Little wiggly guys. Is the little wiggly guys that join with the egg to create a human cell. They becomes a child. Yeah. And becomes a fertilized an egg. A fertilized egg. It's the fertilization. So sperm is created in what we call the testes, mm-hmm. which in the crudest terms, would be what you consider to be the balls. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Pretty classic. 
Um, it's it's created in the testes, but it is stored in the epididymis, which I I actually saying that out loud. I think I have heard the term before. Uh-huh. But it the epididymis is basically a tube-like structure within the scrotum that sits next to the testes that stores created sperm for the next ejaculation. Which I found very interesting to know, which is why which is why I think male masturbation is so much more common than female masturbation. Because you're always ready. Not that we're always ready, but the thing is it almost builds up. Because yeah. your testes are always creating sperm. Mm-hmm. So if those if your epididymis gets full, it becomes really difficult to prevent ejaculation. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think men are constantly searching for ejaculation. I mean, from like being very small children, I think both sexes seek some kind of masturbation because I mean, it's just one of those things where if something it's fun. When you're a kid, if something feels good, you're going to do it. But that does make sense that it would be a lot more necessary for... That's I think it help. is... Because you think about... If a man has gone a, a long time without ejaculating, he becomes very sensitive. Yeah. And that's that makes sense, mm-hmm. thinking about the actual physicality of where that is all going. Mm-hmm. So I found that interesting. Um... To talk about... Which makes sense why um, wet dreams are much more common with males. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and that uh, that gets into a whole thing with puberty, and while while men, male sex organs are developing, they are incredibly sensitive, mm-hmm. um, which is another thing. You can, you can become aroused from just friction. Mm-hmm. There could be no sexual stimulation whatsoever, and you can become aroused from friction, Mm -hmm. uh, which could then lead to... Yeah. Well, and I think that for adolescents, similar for female, but we are are less external. So less contact, less friction, less noticeability. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Because if a female becomes aroused, we don't have to do anything about it. The external aspect of the penis is very, very integral to the difference between mm. the male and female experience sexually. Yeah. I um, mean, because personal things, I know most women can be thinking about whatever we want to think about that is arousing to us and it doesn't affect us. Uh, well, I mean, it affects us internally and physically, but, but you but, can... You can read Fifty Shades of Grey on a, a... Your mom can read Fifty Shades of Grey on a crowded train, and it's not going to cause a, a commotion. Exactly. But, you know, a man does anything to arouse himself in a public place, it can be visibly seen. Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting idea, to say the least. Um, the, real, the real big thing that I want to talk about today is, does size matter? It's a big topic. It is a huge topic. And the answer is yes and no. Yes. Um, in that, technically, no. Size does not matter. Mm-hmm. Well, as in mine, vagina, you, vaginas usually don't care. 
It's true. And I think, honestly, it comes down to a compatibility of vagina to penis. Mm -hmm. For sure. Especially vaginal openings is what I've been finding because some vaginal openings are definitely smaller than others. Um, So average size for a a male is between 12.9 and 15 centimeters, Mm -hmm. which is basically about five and a half inches. Mm -hmm. That's about average size. And like I mentioned earlier is the development of the human penis is basically from natural selection mm-hmm. in that the penises that were the fittest survived. Yeah. If that makes sense. Optimal for delivering genetic material. Exactly. So the, the penises that were best at creating children were the penises that survived. Mm-hmm. So average being about five and a half centimeters basically says that a penis of that size is the best for procreating. You want a penis to reach as close to the cervix at full penetration Mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. In order for that sperm to be delivered. Yeah. In the proper amount of time. And probably as close as possible without touching since that's not pleasurable for most women. Yes. That's... Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing I found very interesting about arousal and sex in general was most animals in the world i did not know this most animals have a what they call an erectile bone you're nodding your head like you knew this and i did not know this yeah maybe i did know this but i just never thought about it yeah the erectile bone is so fascinating because it is an actual bone that extends into the penis Mm -hmm. in order to create an erection yeah whereas in humans that is not how it happens Uh uh-uh an erection is based completely on blood flow mm-hmm. to that region. Well, that's why they say, in, like, if you're into witchcraft, you if you want to get pregnant, you put a raccoon's penis bow, uh, bone under your pillow. Help you oh, get pregnant. really? Yeah. That's also something I did not know. <laughs> so basically what happens is, is that there are pockets of erectile tissue that fill with blood in order to create an erection. Mm-hmm. So the phrase, all the blood going to your penis is real. Yeah, yeah, that's totally accurate. Which I did know it was a, it was a blood flow thing. Oh, yeah. Um, when a man ejaculates, it is a series of muscle contractions that launch ejaculate or semen into, well, out basically out of the metis. Mm-hmm. The action of male ejaculation is is a very active experience. Any questions? No, not very educational. I wish I had more to talk about. I think we talked about this earlier, but I think a fun fact. Uh, the penis in utero develops from the same tissues in the embryo as does the clitoris. Mm-hmm. So basically those same... 8,000 nerves, nerve endings that exist in the clitoris are the same nerve endings that are, that create the penis. They're just spread out. They're spread out. They're definitely not as concentrated. Yeah. Because, yeah, because that area, that surface area on a penis is much, much larger. Yeah. Hopefully. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Like I said, size doesn't matter, but it also does. Yeah. In terms of procreation. Procreation, yeah. 
Um, well, and now we're in an era where procreation is not subject to just the size of your penis. That is true. Because, I mean, we have turkey basters and yeah. such <laughs> things as this. Insemination, if we're Yeah, I it. mean, if you're having difficulty, then there's other ways to do it than the simple penetrative sex. So... Who knows? Evolution might change in the next couple hundred years. Yeah, I mean, it really could, and who knows, but... Who knows what penis will be popular? What trends? Oh, gosh. The history episode. I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about, and I'm trying not to go into that stuff right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're interested in the history with these organs, then... Tune in next week. Tune in next time. Because, I mean, you talk about, like, phallic symbols and depictions of penis and, and penises and art and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It is fascinating. Well, and the scientific... And it has varied over the years. It can... A, a, a large depiction of a penis could, could have represented at some point a very, um, just little teaser. Could have represented fertility, which was a very masculine trait but it also in some eras in some places represented stupidity yeah because that person was quote to be seen thinking with their dick Mm -hmm. Um, which is why michelangelo's david has such a tiny penis yeah the trend the art trends with penises through history yeah that's a that's a whole thing it's totally worth doing another episode about well also if you're interested in when humans officially discovered a clitoris was a thing and wrote it down. Tune in next week. That's fun. Yeah. You know nothing, Bailey. You know nothing, Devin, but this isn't the end, so... What are we doing? I don't know. I'm not done. Oh, I, you kept wrapping it up. No, 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 no. So I was, like, trying to fucking wrap it up. We'll, we'll go back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Bailey seems like he's he's done, so I'll just quit. No, I have more. Okay, please. Good, I'm glad. Um, so much like the penis develops from the same tissue as the embryo as the clitoris, the skin around the penis, the skin around the um the shaft mm-hmm. is the same comes from the same cells in utero as the labia in females. Yeah. So that, that, that same development, just, it develops differently when a male is being created. It's a lot more in common than we think. Yeah, I mean, it all it all comes from the same place, it just go, undergoes a different process. Yeah, it all seems kind of equally separated in different ways. Mm-hmm. The other thing to go back about size is you cannot determine the size or the shape of an erect penis from, an, from a flaccid penis. Interesting. It is that that's where like that's where the term a grower or a shower comes from. Because mm-hmm. you can't tell. Because you really can't tell. It is a totally separate thing. So it's a surprise. It is always it can always be a surprise. Which in that case, I would I don't know, much rather be with a grower. Because that's much more exciting mm-hmm. than if I can just see what it looks like. I mean flaccid. work what you have. It's not I don't want to shame the showers because that's pretty great prior to the the sex. Yeah. Well, and 
I mean, I think what we've covered a lot today is you can pretty much bring your partner, male, female, other, pleasure, Ooh. by not just using your dick. Yeah, no. Sex can occur between any two beings by any means. Yeah. And, well, pleasure, and pleasure can be had. Yeah. It just, depending on the structure of that person's organ, it could it may, may be a different process. For sure. You know? And that's yeah. that's all about learning. And that's about compatibility. And that means, mm-hmm. that's a big reason why I very much don't believe, why, why I very much believe that premarital sex is a really important thing in our society. Because you have to test drive the car. Yes, but also, <laughs> if I'm going to... If I'm going to go into this, I would like to say that compatibility is very important. And if you commit yourself to someone for eternity, you want to know that you, you, you want to know that you're compatible. Yeah. You want to know in that, that you sense, are, because that can cause problems down the road. Yeah. Able to sexually please each other, whether that's one way or another. I mean, we live in Utah. The culture here is you get married as young as possible so you can have sex because you don't have sex before. Yeah. And then you just kind of get what you get and you don't forfeit. Yeah. And what happens if you're not in touch with yourself when you get married and you realize that you don't want what your partner is offering? There's too many stories where we live where men or women are in a relationship and realize that they're gay. Yeah. It's very common. And it's sad. Because if they had experimented before the fact, they would have known that and not subjected their partner to that heartbreak. That's a whole other episode. Now, before the last thing that I want to talk about, because this isn't necessarily historical in a sense, but it is fascinating, Mm -hmm. is circumcision. Yes, please. I think the circumcision I would consider to be on par, fascination-wise, with the idea of the hymen. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Different kind of categories, but I think definitely the same kind of amount of nitpicking. Yeah. So, for our listeners who may not understand what circumcision is, because I also really didn't understand, even when I was in high school sex ed class, Mm-hmm. And they taught they taught us about it because I went to school in Connecticut and sex ed was not as conservative where I was. But my teacher didn't do a really good job of explaining it. And being someone who is circumcised, I didn't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. To describe it, when a male is born, when a person with a penis is born, that penis is, there's an excess of skin that goes around the shaft that kind of folds over the head of the penis and that is is what we call the foreskin Mm -hmm. in many many cultures including our own it's very common that a doctor at birth or later in their life will circumcise that foreskin which means they basically cut it off and reattach it at the base so there is no covering of the head of the penis they reattach it i had no clue that that was a thing yeah Basically, it just, it, they cut the skin and it, like, fuses together. Yes. Yeah. It's not like a, it's not like a, it is a surgical procedure, but they, they basically cut the skin, the foreskin off, 
and then through the natural process of healing, the skin, skin fuses back together, so there oh, is yeah. no more skin. Mm-hmm. You know that what I mean? That makes sense, yeah. It's like, it's natural healing. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and, and, and it heals much like any other wound would. Either it's painful, and it's, you know, it bleeds, and, you know, all that stuff. Well, you're cutting something, especially, yeah. like, something with such blood flow. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a variety of reasons. Circumcision, fun fact, is the oldest known planned surgical procedure. I believe that. So, like, you think about cosmetic surgeries that happen today, those can all date back to the ideas of circumcision because it is a surgical procedure that is technically not necessary in most cases, but it is a surgical procedure that has been done even when not necessary for the longest amount of time that I can mean, be recorded. Probably the oldest surgical procedure. It could it really could be. Um maybe besides botched C sections. Possibly. Um but I when I say goes back like it goes back to ancient times. Yeah. It's insane. Um the there's a huge Jesus is probably circumcised. Um, there's different reasons why people do it. Right now, the biggest reason why people circumcise children is because it's trendy. Mm-hmm. It's it's a societal norm that most men are circumcised, so people feel like they should circumcise their children at birth. Yeah, people want their children to look normal. The other one, the other big one, is it's a religious ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in the Jewish faith, when a, when a boy turns 13, he undergoes a circumcision. I thought it was at birth now. It might be at birth now. But I think back in the day... It, historically, it was... It, at it, went, it was in, it was in tandem yeah. with a bar mitzvah. Yeah. I think now, just for comfort's that might sake... Be, that, that's actually probably true. They just do it right away? Yes. But, who, I mean, we need to do more... more I mean, you think about, like, though, like, Hasidic Judaism and, like, traditional... Oh, they probably wait. Yeah. I feel there. There are definitely people who still follow the norms of those things. So, I, I that's the big one that everyone references and everyone knows about. For sure. Um, circumcision, whether you have been circumcised or not, this is a really big misconception. Does not affect sex in any way. A lot of people say that if you are uncircumcised, it means that sex will last longer because it's harder to stimulate your penis, and therefore. It takes longer to ejaculate, so sex lasts longer, which, you know, is attractive to women because, like we said before, it takes about 20 minutes of foreplay just to get ready Yeah. to orgasm. So a longer session might be better. Yeah, so a longer session is more attractive, and that's that's true of just culture. Like, you know, if you can last longer in bed, that's a whole thing. Yeah. You don't want to premature ejaculate. Um, so a lot of people will claim that because they are uncircumcised, they're, that sex will last longer. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, that is purely based on the, b- based on other elements of your organ. Mm-hmm. It's, again, it's subjected to every single person. Mm-hmm. Just because you are uncircumcised did not mean you are going to last longer than a circumcised person. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole thing. Myths. Um, circumcision can occur for medical reasons, but it's very rare. There are certain, uh... There are certain deformations or 
you know, medical situations in which circumcision is necessary. Yeah, like if it's too tight. I've heard about that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, like, there's a specific, uh, deformation. It's called, uh, it's called phimosis. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's, it's a deformation of the penis in which the foreskin does not open properly. Mm-hmm. So, in that case, circumcision is necessary in order to release the metis, the urethra, and all of, to release urine and semen, basically. Like the hymen. Yeah. Very similar. That's what, that's kind of why I liken the two things. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, we don't really know why it became a thing. Mm-hmm. But in the early 20th century, it was done mostly to be a deterrent to masturbation. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know why they thought that was going to help masturbation. Because, I mean, undergoing a circumcision caused pain in the penis and it makes you want not to, stimu- want to not stimulate that area for a while after it happens. Mm-hmm. But masturbation was thought to be a cause of a slew of mental and physical diseases and disabilities, Mm -hmm. such as epilepsy, paralysis, impotence, gonorrhea, and other things. Mm -hmm. So people thought masturbation was the cause of all that. So how do we prevent masturbation? Let's make penises, let's make people's penises hurt so that it prevents them from masturbating and therefore they won't get these. Long history of pleasure being evil. Maybe this is something to research in the next episode, but maybe this is urban legend, but I always read that circumcision started as a way to distinguish between armies and war because you would fight naked. And so I can't remember if it was the Spartans or the Athenians, but one of them would do it so that they could tell the difference between their allies. And maybe it is an urban legend. Tell the difference between their allies and their enemies. Also, I heard it was mentioned in the Old Testament. So maybe that's something to check. Interesting. Yeah. That will, and I think that will go into the mythology that we'll ex- discuss in our next episode. Yeah. But in a nutshell, that is the complexity of circumcision. And there is so much more to be known about this. And like I said, I had to conduct my research pretty quickly because of the busy week that I've had. Mm-hmm. You can make up for it next week. I will totally make up for it next week because I'm so interested in this topic, and I didn't realize how long we would be able to talk about these things. I know you're interested in penises. Well, yeah, that we all know. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shall we wrap up, I guess? Yeah. It was a good episode. I had a good time. I know. I I definitely learned a lot. Yeah, for sure. Did you learn anything? I learned a ton of stuff. Great. And, I mean, for my own research, I think that Doing research on your body is always a good thing. I, I really agree. I think it's really important to know mm-hmm. what's going on within you. Mm-hmm. Especially with being from Utah, with sex education being so poor, I don't think... I mean, I know for sure orgasm was never mentioned in my classes, and I don't think it's mentioned in a lot of classes around the state. And you should know what that is. Well, you should know. Because you're going to experience it at some point in your life, especially if you're a man. Like, if let me just say, if I had experienced my first orgasm and not known what it was, I would have been terrified. Mm-hmm. So, from what we learned today, we know it's actually probably a lot 
less common for a woman to accidentally experience an orgasm? I mean, there's situations, but you're right. But I mean, like, education for um, people with female anatomy can help you actually have them. Because knowing why things are happening and why they aren't happening and what causes them. I mean, we're a society that's for hundreds of years have been focused on male sexual pleasure and female sexual pleasure is actually, for this Western culture, is actually pretty new. So the more you know about it, the better your sex life can be. I agree, and I think it's important. It's important. To be in touch with your body. Yeah. And I think it's important to experience that, even if you... Even if you feel like you shouldn't because it's naughty, yeah, you should know what an orgasm feels like. And I mean, like, there's always people that are asexual and have no interest. That's the thing. In exploring. But if they're if you're truly asexual and have no interest in that, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you're preventing yourself from having that experience because cult- your culture is telling you not to, or your society is telling you not to, that's a problem. It's true because it's it's one of the most natural things. That a human can experience. And it's one of the most beautiful things a person can experience. And I think everyone deserves to experience that pleasure. For sure. Well, with that... You know nothing. You know nothing, Devin. Bye! See you, everybody, next time. Hey, thanks for listening. So, if you want to get in touch with us and you have anything that you want us to talk about on the podcast... Uh, please just get in touch with us. We, uh, we're available at our email, youknownothingpod at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, youknownothingpod on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at YKNpod or on Instagram at youknownothingpod. So if you're interested in getting in touch with us, please shoot us topics that we could talk about. Send us images of things that we could post on our Instagram or whatever. Like, just We want you guys to get involved in listening to the podcast as well. So please, get in touch. Thanks. Bye.